0: that's what they say about me on the internet (laughs) serviceable not quite as good but serviceable i hope no one's saying that on the internet somebody uh messaged me oh um duck the singer from joystick uh messaged me saying that he uh was playing our our banjo kazooie record at work and his coworker came in and was like, What are you listening to? Real big nerds? <laughs> Thank you. Incredible. <laughs>
1: Dude, I'm congratulations on the final one being out. Well, let's start the show. I'll start the show with that.
0: Adventure Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm
1: Eric the Human. And I am Nick the Human. And happy Tuesday morning to you. Top of the morning. To- no. I don't think we should <laughs> do voices on this show. It's not that kind of show. <laughs> also, I can't do voices, so I don't know what the fuck I was thinking there. Um, Congratulations are in order for my co-host here, Eric the Human, on releasing... A new album, an album that we have been talking about since the inception, since the start of this podcast, right? That was right around the time that this had come into your life and we've, we've kind of cataloged your journey with it. And now it's here. Yeah, finally. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> so, so Eric, <laughs> to catch up to speed, new listeners, um, Eric is in a band called the Hall of Phonics. They make things in and around
0: the ska genre. Um, (laughs) is that a good way to describe it? Yeah. In and around adjacent to the ska. No, it's, it's ska. It's ska. But then you push the boundaries and you, and you, and you bring new shit into it. But
1: along with making awesome original music, like go listen to 2018's Phantom Arrival, which I was took to calling ska prog. Um, and we
0: call it ska punk plus. Great. I love that title. It's it that's that tells you what you're getting. Um Right? It's um, like it's like starting a video game with the new game plus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's the old thing you know, but then you just add a little extra in there. You're yeah. like, whoa, Sonic's <laughs> faster or whatever. I don't know.
0: Um You you don't play video games with new game plus no. save files, do no. you? No. No, I no. don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't even know why I, I fronted, as they would say. But you've
1: also made a, a collection of of covers, albums, and YouTube videos. And this is your 16th Ska Covers album in the Mass Ska Raid series. And this is a Banjo Kazooie Covers album. And it is, and most importantly, the last Ska Covers album that you, Eric Dano, shall be recording and releasing.
0: Yeah, not our last album, as many people on the internet keep asking over and over again, even though we're very clear that we write and record original music and have been doing so for the last eight years and will continue to do so. But it is our last ska cover album. Yes.
1: And, but last, just last year, you released a new split EP. Um, and I feel like it's got some it got some new ears on that thing, and people have talked about it. And I'm glad. I can't wait. I'm stoked for the the attention to be turned fully towards your sick original shit that you take ska punk and you jam all that f- great, fun, new stuff in. L- listen to, I would say, I mean, Don't Buy the Hype, which is, oh, you're number one on Spotify. That one is great because it's just like, how long is that song? A minute and 45 seconds?
0: Yeah, it's short.
1: But the amount of ideas and and twists and turns you get within that minute and forty five seconds lets you know the the ride that you're in on with this band. I
0: love it. <laughs> that- yeah, I guess hey, if any Holophonics fans are listening, here's some some insider info. Uh but the next album is written and demoed. Oh for Original music. Yes. Front to back. It has come into existence. It will be a real recording as soon as we're all vaccinated and we can get in a room together and actually play it.
1: Uh, That is exciting.
0: But, yeah, there is another album of original music. It's ready to go. I love it. And we're not finished being a band despite (laughs) ignorant YouTube comments.
1: You YouTuber comments. Come on, you guys. I am glad. I'm glad to keep us posted on the updates. Maybe we could get a snippet one day of a... Piece of a demo when it's appropriate. No, okay. <laughs> I tried Hall of Phonics fans, um, but that's a big week, Ex- exciting shit, man. Congratulations. Yeah,
0: just a big sigh of relief. Yeah, it's over. I I mean here you know here's something that I think I've been pretty clear about for years, but uh, people still keep asking. Like I haven't even chosen my own songs to cover in. Three years. Like, we've just been doing this out of obligations. Like, the last time that I did a Scott cover that I wanted to, it was our Jimmy Eat World tribute in 2017.
1: <laughs> That's... A, dude, that... So what... How did that happen? I know that you took... You did some Kickstarters and such. Did, did, did more people select that option than you were interested in? I know you got commissioned for this new album.
0: Yeah, well... We were going to go on tour in 2018 to support Phantom Arrival and the fuel pump on the van just shit out. Uh, so I needed to get a new one, like kind of quickly. And we were just like, let's do a fundraiser, like informal, um, won't set up like a crowdfunding thing or anything. We'll just like, if you pay us a hundred bucks, we'll record a cover of any song you want. And that was not, <laughs> A viable market price (laughs) because we got way too many requests um, and it took like two and a half years to record all of them. Wow. Longer than that. No, yeah, two and a half years to record like almost 50 different songs and I didn't pick any of them and honestly, I didn't like a lot of them. (laughs) Sorry. That's hard. Well,
1: if it was, if you're listening, I'm sure it wasn't yours. I'm sure your selection was great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's a good idea and that's cool that people that many people wanted them, but uh I can only imagine the albatross such an endeavor would become. <laughs> um but hey, now they're up there forever on the, the streaming and maybe it'll bring more people to you, you know. I
0: don't know. I'm being positive yet again, <laughs> as is my general demeanor. I was I was so negative earlier today. And then we had a pretty pot we we talked for like an hour before we started this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty positive conversation. It was. I don't I don't know if if, if any of it will make bonus clip material. Yeah, I don't know. We either. divulged a lot of personal info yeah, in that. We did. The mics were hot, but we talked a lot about we we talked at length about our social security numbers <laughs> and uh, mother's maiden names. Yeah. <laughs> so um.
1: But we're back on track. I'm trying to be a positive. My, my
0: social security number, four two zero six nine one three one two. Not afraid to put that out there. Is that really it? Four two zero six nine one three one two? Yeah. Yep, that's really it. That's a pretty cool one. <laughs> hey, did you listen to um that uh album I recommended a little while ago, the drummer from Thank You Scientist.
1: Oh no, put, it's in my uh to listen to folder. I need to I start a new to listen to folder each month. And actually the one that I've been adding things to is like three months. So I need to start a new one. I'll throw that on the top. What is the name of this record again?
0: Uh so her solo project is called Trust Fund Ozu. <laughs> and uh the album is amazing i love it so much it's uh it's like as it's like 100 gex meets thank you scientist and this is the joe one joe yeah yeah and uh there's it's it's very humorous the lyrics are great uh there's a song where she just like says her like the last four digits of her social security and i don't know if they're real or not i don't know what we would do with them if they're real but can, she doesn't give a fuck. She's can, just like, here they are. Here's <laughs> it's wow. last four.
1: Can you hear me cycling through the songs in the background? This? Yeah. Yeah, this sounds cool. This sounds like something I'm, I'm going to be into. I also have, as discussed in the show, gotten really into Ozu, the, the, the film director. I don't know if there's any sort of connection there. Um, or if that's somebody's oh, name.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a, a reference, but I don't, I, I don't know how it, you know, works into any of the music if at all oh yeah yeah but just just it's funny just the name yeah um
1: oh that's fun okay that's on there that's coming in i'm getting in there um nice um you know what i did also love is this episode i thought this episode of adventure guys was fucking fantastic
0: (laughs) you want to talk about it yeah yeah
1: So discussion. Yeah, man, I I would put this up there. Like, you know what? I, we had this conversation a lot. Like, one of the ongoing bits of the show was that we were going to rank each episode in with like a ranking system we were going to come up with. Remember that? That that was very short lived, but yeah. yeah, we we abandoned it. And you'll hear if you go back and listen to the early episodes, although. It seems a lot of people are listening to the show in order, which is really cool. Um, but so you probably know that early on in the first couple episodes, I kept going, this is the best episode of Avenger Time I've ever seen. And I kept saying that. <laughs> and I, I even said, I, th- I think this is going to wear off. And I've loved every episode I've seen, but the last couple, like I did not feel like this. they were top tier. And then this one, I was like, yeah. I really like this one. Now, it could be that there's obviously... In alternate animation style in this this one.
0: Yeah, so this is one of, I think there are six episodes in the series that have guest animators. Um, and it's kind of a cool thing that they did because they basically hand over the reins completely to someone else. And they're like, write it, storyboard it, do your own thing. You have total control for Whoa. a single episode.
1: Wait, so so the obviously, so it's not just a different animation style, but they literally were like You, animator, who's never worked on the show, you also get to write this episode. Yeah. Wow. That is is mind-blower to me.
0: Yeah, so this is Kristen Lepore's episode, um, and it is the only stop-motion episode of Adventure Time, but that's her specialty. I can't believe that. Like, I mean, just think
1: about that, though. I don't know Kristen Lepore's background. I'm going to Google it now. But to... Hand over the reins of this show that you have been so carefully, like, looking over is crazy. Oh, yeah, look at this. I'm looking at her her credits. Oh, wow. So, she literally graduated from, like, getting her Master of Fine Arts. Her short film came out in 2013, and she made Bad Jubies, this episode, in 2014-15. Wow. So, they, like, literally found her and were like, you want to do this episode? Yeah, written, directed, story by
0: I wonder yep. I want to know wow that is that is really cool um and and it it's a good episode obviously uh every time they've done that it's like unanimous critical acclaim it's like all all the guest animator episodes like are just universally loved by everyone
1: yeah so she was approached about helming the project after Adam Muto the showrunner saw her CalArts MFA thesis And then she spent roughly one year to make it and was animated by BixPix Entertainment. Yeah, and look at this. Yeah, positive critical acclaim. Over 1.2 million people saw it. Oh my gosh, look at this. So the production designer won Outstanding Individual Achievement Animation in 2017. The episode was nominated for an Annie Award. I don't know what that is for Best Animated Show, but that's cool. Holy smokes! Yeah, I mean, look, I thought it was, and and this goes because obviously the animation I was saying may have just, uh, you know, lighted my synapses in my brain and let some serotonin flow, which was cool. But and it's the animation while we're just talking about it is absolutely beautiful, I would say.
0: It's interesting. I mean, it's got a lot of those old references to like the stop motion claymation kind of stuff that you know. I'm sure we saw when we were kids like yeah. Gumby and that kind of thing. Um but it's it feels really modern um and it's got like all the typical adventure time, you know, little quirks. So it's it, I mean I am not like a connoisseur of stop motion animation. I don't have like a wide experience uh uh you know and and knowledge of the repertoire per se, mm-hmm. but it, I mean so in that sense it was refreshing to see it. But I I don't know how um how to judge it by yeah I by know, reference yeah, to anything yeah. else
1: yeah no no I hear you but I I just like there's just like an early shot like some of the shots with Jake in this episode well first of all weather plays a big part in it which is great because there gets to be a whole multitude of different things that happen animation wise but there's some really great shots of Jake on a hill or on a cliff with like a really beautifully animated sky and like just the way this like lighting like they really nail the lighting on these uh in some of these shots it's really cool yeah um but yeah so like basically it's a pretty simple episode right it's almost a kind of a a more classic cartoon sort of an episode
0: with with yeah. obvious twists
1: because it's adventure time
0: um i guess it's technically non canon um as all the guest animated episodes are huh. Uh, it feels like it could be canon. It could be. It, and it, it wouldn't make much of a difference. Yeah. Um, although, you know, I, I will say, like, it does, it, it's similar to typical Adventure Time fare, but it's just a little bit off. Like, the tone is just, like, a little bit different. And I don't mean, like, you know, the visual representation mm-hmm. thereof, but just, like, the way that dialogue happens and, like, the scene structure is just, like, a little bit... Do you removed. do you have examples of maybe some of these
1: differences? Can you think?
0: You know, I I think I think some of the dialogue is a little bit more expository than typical in Adventure Time. Yeah. Um and I know that they're they were dealing with production limitations and that, you know, they could only do like a few characters in this episode. And a so few settings
1: think. probably too, which would explain There's really two, there's really three settings in the entire show, and two of them are very close.
0: Yeah. So there are a couple things that they have to talk about rather than show, which is usually not something that animated productions run into because you can just draw whatever you want to (laughs) draw. Yeah. It's one of the the Um, blesses of animation. (laughs) Yeah. So, so other than, than like a little bit more like talky, talky kind of stuff than usual. I, that might that might be the only thing that that uh that seemed a little bit weird to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's some really great just classic adventure time gags. So, it's opening Jake is surfing on BMO over the grass hills out front of the treehouse, which is fun. LSP is there. God damn, we don't know why. Um <laughs> other than maybe she was a, an easy character to uh an- animate in this style and she really does play a function in the plot, although you probably guessed it, she's very annoying. Um, <laughs> Sean, we actually asked Sean Harvey to come back on the show. We said, Hey, there's another LSP episode. You've done one or two of those. And he said, I am fully out on anything lumpy space princess and declined the offer. <laughs> um, so we'll have to get him back for a different one. But then you also, so then they're there, and then Beemo gets shorted out because of all the electricity of gliding on the grass. And then is overtaken by an emergency weather system update. And Bemo's fun, simple face takes on this complex etch-a-sketch of a scary man who's talking about a storm that is headed their way. And uh, it's funny. They say something like, You're, it's like, "It's." they use all these Adventure Time words. And they say, like, your chance of survival, 29%. Uh, they're like, how long is it going to take? And it's like the f- seven-day forecast. It's going to be a whole week. So then they, they're like, all right, all right, all right. What we need to do is we need to build... I think it's Finn's idea. Like We need to build... What what do they call it? Like a cave or a hideout? A bunker?
0: Yeah, a bunker or something like that. Yeah, a remember.
1: bunker. So that we can just hide out in here. So then they set to building out this bunker. And right away, all of the differences between the characters... What does it come to uh, start to illuminate? Most noticeably with LSP, who... Her job is to get food. She takes it from a cabin nearby and it's pretty much just all chips and um, they're confused why the food is there, but they take it. Um, Finn is making the bunker. BMO is fully helping, even though he is very small. And Jake (laughs) is um, just taking some time to, quote, work on
0: something. Yeah, Jacob's being real weird the whole episode.
1: He's he's meditating. He's just enjoying nature. Maybe sort of enjoying the the present. Like, he's saying a lot of mindfulness kind of stuff. And you're kind of like... it. Now, what's cool about it is, is that he's a dog and a storm is coming. And dogs hate storms. So him being <laughs> the evolved dog is like, the storm's coming. I'm not going to enjoy this. So... I am going to he's like, I'm going to appreciate it before I lose my shit over the the thunder or whatever, you know? Um that's kind of how I took it, which was
0: fun. Yeah. He's he's communing with nature in a way that does pay off at the end. Yes. And you're not not wasn't sure if it was going to. Um now they're working on the bunker.
1: LSP is getting pissed off. And Bemo hears this and goes, Okay, Bimo, go tell Jake, and we get an a, I mean now this is another really fun BMO song where BMO's sing about water but water, but <laughs> water in my body, and then BMO gets um hit with some water and electrocutes and goes, I will never know the pleasure of skinny dipping. Yeah. Just some great BMO shit. Um <laughs> and Jake's just covered in birds and is like a man of the wilderness. And they they do more, and now they're getting ready to finish, and LSP is just getting because like they're not making enough headway Jake is literally not helping build this bunker They did like dig out A lot of land to make this bunker by the way Right like Like, like 150 square foot Like <laughs> a- Area to make that size of a bunker Like there's a lot of manpower that went in Anyway so they finish it LSP gets mad and goes and flies out and confronts Jake Who's meditating on a cliff And is like you need to help and he's like, I'm working on something. Like it's going to be okay. LSP, enjoy the moment. Look outside. You know what I mean? Um,
0: yeah, Jake's. He was. Yeah, he was frustrating. And and it was frustrating. Was like, and it's a little it's just, bit frustrating in this episode. It was frustrating. This like, is the
1: first time maybe I was like, you know, LSP, I'm with you. Jake is being frustrating. <laughs> um, but I think there's some some symbols in this episode which we haven't gotten into in a while. That what well, we'll get to later. But I think one of the, the before I forget it, what Jake's getting at is, is storms will come. It is a fact of life. And if we concern ourselves fully on avoiding said storms, we will miss the beauty of the present moment, which are these birds and everything. If you're so caught up in the storms, because you know what? There's always going to be a storm. So you need to stop. Now, that's just, that's just, has some deeper meaning than I'm pulling from this up. And we're going to get into more of that later. As the storm approaches. Okay. But uh, uh, <laughs> then they're down there and they're like, Jake, you got to Like, where's Jake? Like, and Finzo, he hates the lightning and then it lightnings and then Jake jumps
0: in. and They're like, you're back. And then oh, yeah. they batten down the hatches. Um, Every time Jake in this series does something that's like regular normal life dog related, I love. Me too. Because y- you, you forget that he is a dog sometimes you do and then and then they just, oh he hates the lightning like of course he does <laughs> of course he's,
1: he's a dog um and then they're in there and they're sort of like and they're like well what did you bring and he's like uh you know i was working on something it's in my notebook and finn's sort of like you didn't bring anything so basically like now he's sort of like you know you're my best friend but like jeez dude and LSP immediately is like, I'm bored already. Like we need to play a game, and wants to play spin the bottle, and it, and now you're getting into some just classic dumbass LSP material, um, which you should have known. And, and at that point, I was like, holy shit, they're gonna be stuck with LSP in a bunker for a week. I was like, why did Finn come up with this idea? That I would, you would have, I would have been out there. If I was BMO, I'd be like, yeah, fuck that, you know. <laughs> um. And then they, they're like, no, and then she jugs the seltzer, and Finn's like, you got a ration or shit, and then she breaks it. She's like, I'm going to text
0: Brad, and then- Right, she, just, she wanted an empty, empty bottle so they could play spin the bottle, and then she just smashes it on the ground Then, then when anyway. they say no, she takes the bottle, chugs down
1: water, smashes the bottle in anger. That right there <laughs> tells you everything about this character. <laughs> yeah. What are her wants and desires? It's- it's never even about that. It's like she needs some sort of validation, gratification at all times. Um, and I would—I know she's supposed to be a sixteen-year-old girl. I think it goes beyond communicating anything about any sort of person. This is really just a, a an insufferable selfish person. <laughs> um, then she falls asleep. They're all asleep for a while. They wake up, and LSP has finished their food. Presumably within the first couple hours of being in in said bunker, right?
0: Yeah, she looks like a real crazy person after eating everything. and
1: they're trying to get her, and then, like, she's running all around, and, right? And then she, like, Bemo's plugged into the lights. She breaks the wire of the lights. Like, just some classic LSP shit where she gets so emotional and just ruins everything. Um, Jake, I mean, Finn's like, Jake, like, you know, I could have, like... And the, the, the door is open for some reason, and they're like, I don't understand why. And you know, they're like, we could have made this place better if, you, if my best friend helped me out. And they're all getting mad, and they're all mad at Jake. And then Jake's like, well, look, I've been working on this. So I was going to save it for later, but I'll show you now. <laughs> and it's the big reveal. And Jake, with his mouth, starts singing bird songs and reproducing the sounds of nature. A pond. A bird. The breeze. The air grass in the wind and it's, and you can see it's casting a sort of spell over everybody. BMO says sheds a digital tear and comments how beautiful (laughs) it is. And they're almost in, in encapsulated in this, like this cloud and the, the color of the cloud and the hue of it is like that beautiful nature scene we saw earlier in the episode with the sun setting and they look so peaceful until they're disturbed by the evil storm That comes crashing through the door of the bunker. And then that's when I say picture the storm crashing through the bunker, you're probably just picturing like wind going and rain and stuff. And that happens. But then a personified version of this storm literally pokes his head through the opening of the bunker and is now in there as some sort of evil spirit, warlock, whatever the hell you want to call it, and yelling at them. Now, right? yeah does the storm have a name
0: no he's just the storm the
1: storm and he's a tornado and he's nasty and as they were saying jake was saying like you know it's bad jubies, like it's bad juju like it's i think we really got to sing to get this thing out of here so then they're there and then he's singing and he can't because the this storm is so like mean and loud and he's like i can't do this alone and they were jake is or finn is like jake we can't sing with you like we didn't learn the songs we haven't practiced and his response is there's no time to get self-conscious you just have to go and they all do their best which isn't very good especially lsp's terrible yeah and they start singing and and produces that cloud again and then it really has an effect on the storm he's like wow I, i i'd for he's like what was that sound right and he's like um, and it's like a sound that it's like the bird sound. And he'd basically forgotten what a bird sounds like because birds are never around when a storm's around. And he was yeah, like. That was cute. Yeah. He's like, you know, I never learned to, <laughs> to stop and slow down. Like, you know, it's okay to, to be a breeze sometimes. Which is like my quote <laughs> of the episode. And just gets back into the deeper lore and like, I think, bigger symbols of the episode. Because think about it. Uh, It's okay to be a breeze sometimes. Sometimes it's okay to maybe let go of the past or the storms or what you're supposed to be, or let go of these different things and be present in the current moment. He was just a breeze one day and got caught up in all this business of being a storm and being mean because that's who he is and his identity. And it's like, I can just, I can just be a breeze. And also how do they defeat the bad, the bad vibes, the bad juju that comes to us? They defeat it with the good juju. They defeat it with like the optimism. They with this inner peace that they have created through the observance of nature and appreciation of the present moment are able to call on that and use it as for strength and almost like a power to defeat this onslaught of bad things that come their way. And thus the best way to prepare for oncoming bad vibes, for oncoming a storm, right? The emotional storm and turbulence that is life is to, is not to run around trying to figure out how to avoid it, how to defend yourself, to, to raise your armor, to get your supplies, to do all these things, to get your money, to get your house. No, by simply enjoying the present moment being, you are going to build inner strength, peace, sanctimonium that you can come back to later in these turbulent times and use and fall back on. And this is what I, this is Nick symbol corner has (laughs) reemerged
0: and and
1: that's the end.
0: I mean, yeah, as far as, as far as metaphors go, um, I think this one's, you know, pretty easy to key into the general themes, which allows them to lean into representing it in a much more literal form, which I found hilarious because the song with Jake beatboxing over bird sounds is actually really cool, and when he uh, when the storm is like, you know, into the the actual music, they present it as him just really liking that song. Yeah, and Jake's like, "Oh yeah, well here I wrote it down. You can have the sheet music." <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. I liked I like that the metaphor is so easily understandable that they can go further into it's literal representation in a comedic way. It's like the concept of writing down beatboxing birds in sheet music is really funny to me. I appreciate that representation so much. (laughs) Oh
1: man. Great observation. I agree with you. Holy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's, 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 I think it's what makes the, a show like this so special is that, You know, if you wanted to communicate something like this, like you, you know, you you look at the materials you have available to you, the the characters and the settings, and like, how do we like create a story that might talk about some of these things? Or like, you're creating a story and you stumble into the themes. I think that just like the some of the genius of the show is by nature of the characters that they created in the world, it just like it lends these themes to come up so naturally, so they can have a one off episode like this. And personify a storm and and all this stuff and it just literally feels like totally commonplace i mean that's what's beautiful yeah. about cartoons and in, in this show i think um
0: super there, cool yeah don't be surprised if one of those quotes from this episode winds up in between tracks on a future album of mine
1: oh really <laughs> do i re- uh, we can leave that be a surprise huh yeah oh that's fun yeah, I um, um, Did you, though, did you see any sort of um, snail-like creatures that were animated differently in this episode?
0: Okay. Uh, no, I did not see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I did not. Yeah. Um I don't know if the snail was in the episode. I don't know if the snail is in the guest animated up. Ep- I don't he has to be. Here. I I don't know if the snail actually is in every single episode, guest animated or otherwise. Great question. We need and I I I don't know if there's a way for us to even find that out. I think that knowledge is forbidden. I th- Wow. I really thought that the snail was episode. Ever- Here's the thing. I
1: I just remembered this episode really well because I loved it so much. I wanted to watch it a second time, which is usually where I catch the snail, but I did I ran out of time this week. Um, and I, I was bummed because I was like, I actually want to watch that episode again. We shall never know, Eric, unless we watch it again.
0: Yeah. I see people talk about it on the internet and I always see the comment pop up. Yeah. It's not in a few episodes, but which episodes and how do you know? And, are we allowed to verify that? Let's just... Let's just leave it. We didn't see the snail. We didn't see it. He was probably there, but we didn't see him. That's what I choose to believe. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> All right. Time for miscellaneous mania. M-I-S-C-M-A-N-I-A. Now, here's something very cool about um, about the show or this episode in general is that um, there's a full-on big old Wikipedia page for this episode. Did you find that, Eric? Uh, no,
0: I didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't look for it. You didn't look
1: for it. Yeah, I mean, really cool. I mean, I could. Uh, I was prepared to to talk about a little bit of it. We've talked about some of it. A lot of it will involve me uh, referencing said page because. It's really quite a cool story that I found. Now, Eric and I usually lead Miscellaneous Mania. Are you cool if I take a stab at it a little bit and add in some color commentary of whatever I miss? I don't know if you picked up any, but uh, as mentioned, Anamuto saw the episode or saw um, the short film entitled Move Mountain by Kristen Lepore who that was her MFA thesis at Cal arts and um, reached out to her and was like, Hey, would you want to work on the show now? You know, I think that Adam Muto said that like, they'd really wanted to do a stop motion episode for a really long time. They were just looking for like the right time in the series and the right fit. And um, she like Kristen LaPorte was like, I know this is a huge opportunity and she was really excited to get it. But like, with that being said, she had never seen an episode of Adventure Time. Although she, s- she did start watching it to get the aesthetic and then eventually said she ended up loving the show and it became one of her favorites. Um, but that's pretty wild. Um, and then that it took it, like I said before, a year to make. And it says that five or six months were devoted exclusively to writing, storyboarding, and pitching the plot to the show's writers and the network. And she, like, hadn't written much dialogue previously to this because her, like, previous, like, student films didn't have any dialogue in them. Um, oh. Yeah. And she said that she, like, relegated herself to her bedroom for five weeks while she wrote and storyboarded the entirety of the episode. So she must have gone really deep. Um, August twenty, August 15th, 2014, <laughs> she submitted the storyboard for approval, which was given, um, approval. And then they teamed up with like this animation company. Um, and they, they made all the backdrops, props, the puppets, um, and she directed it and she was directing four different animators while making this. Um, and there were like a bunch of technical challenges. It says here, um, because she taught herself how to animate mainly um so she had to learn like industry like methods for like making sure your puppets don't fall over (laughs) or (laughs) your shots aren't intruded by human error like you know like different things happening so um with, with, with the four animators they were able to like get four times as much footage as you normally would get in a single day um and yeah i don't know this is like a lot of really cool shit um um, in here. Yeah,
0: I read I read a bunch of this on um, uh, from that book, Exploring the Land of Oo, Ooh by Paul Thomas. Yeah. He's got a whole chapter on all the guest animated episodes. That's cool. And
1: they said here that they got, like, somebody else to score the episode by the name of Disaster Piece.
0: Yeah. Richard um, Freeland. So that guy did the music for this game called Fez. Mm. Which is like a pretty well-known indie video game like it was one of like the first like big indie games and there was a lot of hype around it um because it was pretty much like this one guy that made this entire video game himself um and i guess he got disaster peace to do the the music for it but there was there's a documentary that i watched about this game years ago uh really interesting it was like one person like learning how to make a video game from scratch, like, by himself. Really cool. And I, I think that was, like, one of, at the time, one of Disaster Pieces' like, biggest things out there. Like, he did the music for this, this game called Fez.
1: That's cool. I
0: got to check that out.
1: And it says that he went on to score some movies, one of which being this movie called Under the Silver Lake, which I've been meaning to see for goddamn years. So maybe I'll watch that later or something. But, uh... That's cool, um, and it says that like Kristen Lepore herself provided like a collage of nature sounds to use in like the creation of the uh, of the episode and like the music and stuff. Super cool, man! I love it. I love that there's so much. Lore. I gotta get that book. Gotta get that book.
0: Well, that's a da- that's a download you sent me the link to it exploring the land of Ooh by paul thomas
1: (laughs) oh right okay i just i just smooshed together the two adventure time books yeah paul thomas we've been chatting a little bit oh my god dude i wasn't listening because i was really just thinking about the 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 show i was googling disaster peace and fez yeah okay yeah paul thomas we uh i've been seeing him on twitter uh pretty active in Adventure time fandom seems like a cool dude um and that's awesome. Eric, I'm going to go peruse. I said I was going to peruse through that book. And now I'm um, admitting on, online that I have online in my pockets. I haven't done it, but I'm going to do it. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, other than, like, the cool, unique story behind this guest animation process, um, only other, like, kind of interesting bit of trivia that I saw about this episode was that we get to hear the actual emergency alert system sound when BMO was warning about the storm. Oh, yeah. And apparently it is illegal under normal circumstances to put that in a TV show because it will activate, like, equipment or whatever. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. I don't know how how they managed to get that in there.
1: Yeah, how'd how'd they get past that? (laughs)
0: i mean all of us are familiar with that sound yeah of course i can't i would i would insert that into the podcast if i didn't just learn that it would be illegal to do so
1: (laughs) i was gonna ask if you wanted to try to um like impersonate it but i guess not (laughs) what if somebody sampled that
0: and put it in a lo-fi hip-hop
1: song should absolutely happen i gotta get your i've been making i've made not i'm not making or haven't yet made any lo-fi beats but i've been making lots of electronic music one which is like a hip-hop style beat um which has it's just a section b section and it's over um but actually really like making music free of form or no form uh but i don't know what it takes to really sample on a record
0: like you have to clear it right technically yeah yeah, there's a whole process. Um kind of like covers, right? The the more popular way to do it now is just to re-record the sample with yourself and people can get it pretty damn close these days, so.
1: Yeah. The problem is mine it's a uh, it's like an
0: old jazz recording.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. Um
0: that's some good Did We ever talk about that that album? It was a uh, pretty lights. Oh yeah. Cuz he sampled that was his thing was like using samples and then he did that album where he like hired a studio band to like record like four hours of like improvised material and then he had like improvised original material and then he had that material pressed onto vinyl so that he could sample the vinyl of his original music that he hired a band to play. <laughs> Pretty Lights did that? Yeah. Whoa, that's, that's a crazy idea. <laughs> right like you have to have so much time and money to do that (laughs) wow that's pretty cool though i like that idea is it good which is the album i'm looking at his albums i don't know i don't remember it was maybe like eight years ago wow that's fun hell yeah dude well
1: i'll check that out i liked that miscellaneous mania by the way we did some good stuff in there um should we pick an episode for next week
0: what are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Let's go! It's the episode Alright, sure. Uh, episode 208, which is Season 7, Episode 9. Stakes Part 4. The Empress Eyes. Jumping in deep, huh? This is uh, part of the Marceline miniseries.
1: Part four. I don't remember. I've seen it. I don't remember what part four exactly is in the story. Should be interesting. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening everybody. Um, if you like this, subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter adventure guys, adventure guys, New York and Twitter. If you could like us or rate us on iTunes, that would be fantastic. Um,
0: yeah, hopefully y'all don't mind listening to an ad that we put in in the middle of every episode. Uh we make like half a penny every time you listen to it or something like that. Uh but hey, if anyone wants to advertise a, like your own product or whatever you have, I don't know, maybe we can put in a real ad for someone. <laughs> yeah.
1: Rather than just hearing about the same thing each week. Like I would love to do that. I would love to talk about something of, of value that you guys would would care about. <laughs> if you got a podcast, yeah. if you got a band, if you got like whatever your project is, like let's let's work something out.
0: I don't know what the going rate is, but I'm sure we can uh negotiate the finer details via email. Ah at yes. did you see the mail at gmail dot com. Yes, let's do it. Nice. Cool. All right, good app everyone
1: great app. I loved this one.
0: Peace out, y'all.